Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello friends and welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. Great story today. This is, this is one of my favorites in the scriptures. It's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. We can see the heart of Jesus Christ. We can see uh, the heart and into the minds of some of the people around him. He actually opens a person, he opens them up in public here. And um, uh, it, it's probably somewhat embarrassing for poor old Simon. This is Simon the Pharisee we're going to be talking about. Uh, but uh, what a beautiful story this is about the redemption and the love of Christ. Um, you know, you get to talking about doctrine and theology and, and you know, pointing out verses and playing with words. And all this kind of stuff is fun. But today we're going to talk about the real stuff. And what is that? It's Him redeeming us and making us better and loving us and forgiving us and, and being you know, the very Son of God that he came to be. Yeah, let's get into the story, shall we? This is chapter 25 in our, in our book, The Words of Jesus, and it comes from Luke 7, uh, starting somewhere around the verse 36. Jesus accepted an invitation to go to the home of a Pharisee for a meal. This was Simon the Pharisee. Uh, while Jesus sat eating, a sinful woman of the city came to the house bringing an alabaster box of ointment. She stood weeping and washed his feet with her tears and dried them with her hair, kissed them, and anointed them with the ointment. I don't know if you have my book called The Red Letter Questions. But in that book, um, I take some literary license with this story, but it's really, really worth reading. This, this story, as I was reading it in the scriptures, it was like it was just opened up to me. And I could just, I could just see this happening. And I tried my best to write those things down and share them with you. Red Letter Questions. You can find any books I've ever written, by the way, on Amazon or any of the internet bookstores. You can go to your own bookstore and ask for it, and uh, they can get it. That's, uh, that particular book is called The Red Letter Questions. Now, here we have a woman uh, that is known as a, uh, a sinner. And it's not really clear as to who she was. But um, I see her as a, a woman who um, was looser than most. And, um, and she... She cut corners and allowed certain things in her life that she, perhaps she shouldn't. Uh, it was a different world in those days, you need to know. Uh, there was no such thing as a, um, a woman on her own having the same stature uh, in the community as a woman who was married. And um, uh, her, you know, her future financial uh, capabilities were always in doubt. Uh, her character was always in doubt. Uh, it was always uh, it was always tough for the women in these days, and um, and so they well they just made decisions that turned out to be poor ones in a lot of cases. And uh, and 
unscrupulous and uncaring and very, very unlovely people in the world uh, were abusive to these women in, in just every way that you can imagine. And, um, and so Simon had a certain amount of abuse in him that you're going to see here, the kind of abuse that these kinds of women, if you allow me to say so, uh, were either used to or at least very, very familiar with. Uh, that people felt this way about them. So uh, she, this uh, sinful woman of the city came close to the house bringing an alabaster box of ointment. Now, uh, this uh, alabaster box, do you know what alabaster is? It's actually stone. And um, it's um, somewhat easy to carve um, and it's, uh, it's impermeable. Um, that... Uh, you know, you could put uh, an oil into a, a, a box that you carve out of, well, the kind of stone we have around here, um, and over a period of time, that entire stone will be soaked with that oil, and uh, it'll eventually go leaking through the rock. Uh, it's because it's uh, the nature of the stone. Well, the nature of the alabaster was that it didn't leak and uh, it was used to house, house, it was used to contain uh, certain oils and, and creams and tinctures and medicines and these kind of things. But because it was easy to carve, um, many times they were made uh, to be very ornate. And, uh, and some of them were very, very beautiful. However, um, the alabaster, as, as utilitarian as it happens to be, uh, is also fragile. Fragile enough that this box can be broken when it's dropped. And uh, so it has to have a certain amount of care. This woman carried into in this uh, alabaster box a, a perfume, an ointment. Um, and uh, I, uh, I assume that, you know, why would, why would a woman of, of lower means, of questionable, um, uh, you know, financial security and this kind of thing have such an expensive thing as this. Well, you know, I don't know, but I can't help but think that she used it uh, to ply her trade. Um, I think that uh, perhaps uh, this perfume was the attractant <laughs> that she would use in, um, in her... It wasn't a business. I'm not making this woman out to be a prostitute. I'm not making her out to be a whore. I just, I'm just saying that, you know, th there's a lot of things that were obvious to at least the general public, certainly to Simon the Pharisee, that this woman is a sinner. Um, the Pharisee saw what the woman was doing, and he thought to himself, listen to this, this man, if he were a prophet, whoa, Simon, what did you just say? If he were a prophet. Now, I don't know if Simon invited him to his house for the, the very purpose of deciding exactly who Jesus was, what Jesus was, whether he was a prophet or not, an honest man. I don't know what he had in mind. Perhaps he invited him because he was uh, convinced that Jesus was the prophet or a, he was a Pharisee, so he certainly understood, you know, the Messianic prophecies and understood who the anointed one was, going to, was supposed to be. 
Perhaps you just wanted to question him. But when this happened, all of a sudden this doubt came to the surface in, in Simon's mind and said, if this, man, if this man, if he were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches him. For she's a sinner. Now Jesus said to the Pharisee, I can't help. It's a, it's a little emotional for me because this is one of the first things I ever heard the Lord say to me. Uh, when it came time for, for me to put my life where it belonged, and I understood that the only way I was going to do that was by spending time with the Lord and listening for His voice. I know you'd like that first meeting, or even maybe 15 or 20 subsequent meetings, to be a very pleasant thing and you got the goosebumps going and he kisses you on the forehead and you crawl up in his lap and you whatever you know these grandpa ideas that you may have about God but uh, you know there is such a huge distance between God's people and him that this has to be bridged it has to be fixed and it cannot be ignored God is really not into fantasy like you are he can't just pretend like you're okay, I'm okay, you know, everybody's got their own truth. and He can't do that. It's just not in his nature. He's, he's just all about truth. His nemesis, his, you know, the, the satanic influence in life that is his nemesis, it's his opposite, it's his enemy. You know what Jesus said about him? He's a liar and the father of it. Wow, if that I mean, is the reciprocal of what God is, God's truth, and he's the father of it. You can't expect him to just ignore these things. You can't expect him to love you. And if, he, and if you want to have a relationship with him, perhaps you should prepare for him to say something along the lines that he said to Simon. Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Jesus was disappointed because he knew how Simon felt about this woman that he knew had found her way out of her sin, likely had been recently baptized, likely had recently you know, become one of the ones who came and stood outside the temple as they read the, as they read the, uh, the Torah and and now she wants to put her life right. She knows what it's like to have her sins covered. She knows what it's like to be forgiven. And uh, her, her heart is broken, yet she has this, uh, this attraction toward Jesus that it just surpasses every other attraction she's ever had for any man anywhere in her life. And now she's there. And she's there to say thanks. And Simon, the Pharisee, who feels like he has no sin, feels like that he has, he has no need of any redemption that Jesus happens to be offering. I'm putting words in his mouth, and it, it's not out of you know, malicious intent. I'm just surmising. But something about what he had to say, something about the way he felt, something about him looking across the table, and rubbing his beard and looking and then looking at Jesus and looking at that woman over there, I think Jesus perceived he's judging this woman. 
And Jesus looked over at him and said, Simon, I got something to talk to you about. wonder what he was going to talk to him about. Well, I am so tickled <laughs> that what he did say to Simon was recorded in our Bible. Because it would have drove me crazy wanting to know what he had to say to Simon. The Pharisee said, Master, say on. You got my permission? You got something to say to me? Go ahead. Jesus said, There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owned, owed him 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Honestly and immediately. He frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Hmm, what happened to the subject? I thought the subject was sinfulness. I thought the subject was her being nasty and wicked and sinful. And... Uh, I thought the, the subject was whether or not you were a prophet and uh, your, your particular perception and your, your spiritual discernment of the situation. How did the subject jump from that to who loves who? Well, Jesus knew right away this is a matter of love. It's a matter of love on her part. And friend, it's a matter of lack of love on yours. Boy, we need to be careful who we condemn. You don't know what the prior 24 hours were in a person's life. You have no idea. Why in the world would you condemn somebody because of the way they smell or the way they look or the way they act, the way they talk, whatever habits are hanging on their life? Why in the world do we get this attitude? And I'll tell you, you don't have to cultivate it. Many people have it. <laughs> Many people have it naturally <laughs> it comes natural for them and uh, we just need to be very careful with that but you know thank god that we have this communication promised to us by the lord himself i appreciate that but boy sometimes that communication is hey something i want to talk to you about can you imagine can you imagine your dad saying this to you you come bouncing in from high school <laughs> and you throw your books on the couch and you run to the refrigerator to get something to drink. Hey, Dad, how you doing? I got something to talk to you about. Well, I'm telling you, perhaps, you know, one-tenth of the fear that goes through you when you consider that was, uh, was the fear that, I mean, uh, you know, ten times that. When the Lord says, I got a problem with you. Oh, boy. I don't want you to have a problem with me. Well, so Jesus is going to teach Simon a, a lesson here. And he's, uh, and he's essentially saying, what in the world do you expect? What do you expect a woman who has suffered under the slings and arrows of, of a mouth like yours times a hundred people in Jerusalem? What do you expect a woman who ha has no hope for the future whatsoever, neither financially nor socially nor maritally, 
or in any other way. All of her hopes are dashed. All of her friends are gone. Everything that she has that was of any worth whatsoever when she was a little girl has long been frittered away at this particular point. And I come into her life, and I say, you can be new again. You can be whole again. You can be innocent again. And you expect her to do what? Wait outside? Really? Is that what you're expecting her to do? You can, you can wait out here. We'll be out here in a minute. The master's busy now. He'll see you later. No, I assure you, he'll see you now. He'll see you now. She loved him. She appreciated what he did. When it says that he, she came up behind him, it's, uh, it's not uncommon in the Middle East to recline when one eats, even at a table. There are no chairs around the table. The table's about, I don't know, 12, 14 inches high off the ground. And uh, it's not uncommon for people to sit on their legs or on their feet, perhaps swung to one side or the other. But um, I think that she kind of snuck in there. She saw where Jesus was sitting. She pops back out of the tent. She runs around the other side where she thinks he might be. She raises the tent up and she sees him in there. And she sneaks in under the tent. <laughs> and she goes in there and she starts to kiss his feet. And as she does, she's overwhelmed. She didn't come in there to wash his feet. It happened by mistake. These tears came from her eyes. Her face was at his feet. She was kissing his dirty feet. She appreciated who he was and what he had done for her. And the Bible says that she, she reached and got a towel. And I think her intention for this towel was to apply this, this expensive and wonderful ointment, this perfume, that... I don't think she had any intention on ever needing again. And she didn't just dole it out. She didn't just drip it out. She broke the box. She had no intention on carrying any of that back with her. Now here's a, an expression of love toward Messiah. And man, just, what, 12 feet away? Just over the table, just you know, through the wine glasses and through the the bread plates, on on the other side, is this mean, hateful Pharisee, despising every bit of her, and willing at that point to despise him. Simon, I have something to say to you. Well, he didn't know he was in trouble. It wasn't long before he realized that he was. Jesus says, what do you expect her to do? Her sins are many. Many. Yours? Okay, they're few. But they're sins. She's been forgiven of many, many things. You've been forgiven of a few. Don't you think that it's right? Don't you think that this is expected? That her thanks to me would so far exceed yours? I guess I'm giving you the, the Harris translation and not reading what's here. <coughs> but you'll find that that's exactly his attitude about this is, 
Her sins are many, and they're forgiven. What do you expect her to do? Simon answered and saying, answered Jesus' question when he says, who do you think will love him most? Uh, Jesus, uh, Simon answered Jesus saying, I suppose he to whom he forgave most. Jesus said, thou hast rightly judged. Now in this situation, you haven't judged rightly at all. In that situation, you judge rightly. How comes that, Simon? And Jesus, uh, this, is, this is another portion of the scripture that really touched me. The Bible says that Jesus turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this happening? I see this happening. I can see this happening. He turned toward the woman and said to Simon. And he's, he's looking right down Simon's nose when he says it. Do you see this woman? Friend, there is so much in that question. Uh, you, you, can hardly, you can hardly walk away from it. You know the problem? Do you know what, what that resentment comes from? Why we hate sinners, people not like us, people that's got little red dots in their forehead, their skin's a little darker than ours, they got brown eyes and I got blue eyes, or any of the rest of this stupidity of bigotry and prejudice and racism and thisism and thatism. Do you know what all that is? You don't see the person. Don't you see this woman? This is a woman. This isn't a sinner. This is a woman. We have saved somebody this day. Yeah, uh, how is it you can look at her and see a whore, you see a slut, you see a prostitute, you see a no good woman, you see somebody that you wouldn't even have her in your house sweeping your floors? Because you know why? You don't see a woman. I see a woman. I see somebody who needs help. And you don't. And you and you know what's caused this, Simon? <laughs> this sounds like this sounds like I'm saying that the more sins the better in a person's life, but the problem is is you just don't sin that much. You know, this religious life it works out for you. And you're happy in this life. She's never even known this life. I doubt she's ever even heard the Torah read. You live in it every day. And so you think that everybody ought to live like you do? You think everybody ought to have the understanding you do? Man, is he talking to the modern church or not? This is a problem, people. This is a problem with us. You know, I just think Christians ought to look different. Well, you know what? I do too. I think they should. But I don't think they ought to be ostentatious. I don't think they ought to flaunt their differences in front of other people and condemn them for not having whatever characteristics they think they should have. We just don't love people. Do you know that the Bible gives us three ways to know we're saved? I don't care. You got a little Roman road tract in your house, throw it away. You got a little once saved always tract in your house, throw it away. It's just chock full of lies and ridiculous logic. Let's go by the scriptures to decide whether or not a person is actually born again. 
The Bible says that you know, number one, because you keep his commandments. Do you keep his commandments? I try. Well, what are you going to do? A judgment? You say, well, am I going into the kingdom of God or not? <laughs> and the Lord looks at you and says, well, I tried. <laughs> Is that really what you're going for? No, you need to have a good solid yes. Yeah, I keep the commandments. I keep them, all of them. Well, nine of them. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. You've got to keep them all. That's how you know you've been born again. Number one. Number two. We know that we pass from death unto life because we love the brethren. Friend, you want to sit in judgment over a person like this? You want to compare yourself to them? You want to judge them as less than you because they don't see things the way you do? They don't act the way you do? They don't use the language you do? They don't look like you? They don't smell like you? Wow. That's just borderline stupid. Really. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather be called stupid than wicked. So, you know, don't get mad at me about the word stupid. You want to be called wicked? Because that's what it is. It's just wickedness and evil. Man, it's just, it's just wrong. We need to love one another. Now, he says, seest thou this woman? I entered into, the, I entered into thine house. And you gave me no water from my feet. But she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman, since I came in, has not ceased to kiss my feet. My head, thou didst not anoint with oil, but this, is this woman has anointed my feet with ointment, which, by the way, is considered a huge waste. Or something that kings and princes do. But the average man out there, he might wash his feet. But, you know, anointing oil, it goes on the head. Wherefore did I say unto, wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same love with little to the woman, Jesus says. My sins be forgiven. And those who sat at the feast thought to themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? Jesus saith to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. <laughs> what a beautiful story. Has this happened to you? Is this part of your life? Does this ever happen? You need to see to it that it does. If you do, you're going to love him much. All right, it's time for us to go. Wow, time just gets by. Write to me, Don, at thinkredink.com on the Words of Jesus series. Bye-bye. been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com.
join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.